0: The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation.
1: Hoop-baller! Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode and another edition of Today in Sports Betting. I am your host, D-A-L-E-007 on Twitter, or in real life, my given birth name, Devin Ellington. Hey, welcome back and welcome in, like I said, new listeners. Welcome. Thank you. This is Today in Sports Betting.
0: Old listeners, return listeners, come on in, wipe your feet, take a seat.
1: This is a hoop presentation. Make sure to check that website out, hoop Go over there, look at all the free content that we have to offer you.
0: Team-specific coverage, fantasy basketball and football tools galore. Thank you to our guy Talking Sunday on Twitter. AG is
1: what we like to call him. Make sure to give him a follow for some fantasy football advice. He helped me out this weekend. I'm a Josh Jacobs owner. Peyton Barber was out there on the waivers or in free agency. Kenyon Drake was on waivers. I knew I wasn't going to get them because
0: my waiver order was not preferable. Helped me with some starts and some sits. I might squeak this win out in my big money
1: league. So that'll get me to one and one on the year. Looking forward to the fantasy basketball season. And if you are, you got to get on over to the website, like I mentioned. Got some great, great tools, lots of breakdowns, some nice sheets,
0: data, all of it. The Wager Pass team, the Hootball Gaming team, make sure to follow us at Hootball Gaming.
1: The team had a successful weekend weekend. We had some nice prop bets cash. We had a decent college football slate. I need to recap what happened Saturday for me within the wager pass. I had some, uh, I had some tough ones, I'll tell you. Had some tough ones, but that's the way it goes. Had some good looks. Some of those early looks that we got cashed in. Cincinnati, baby, the Bearcats. I'll tell you. They got a big game coming up this week against Notre Dame. Cincinnati, if they beat Notre Dame, they are the group of five team to be looking out for. Boise State's now lost to Central Florida, and my Oklahoma State
0: Cowboys, go Pokes. Sorry, Blake, if you're listening. Blake Lawatch, our resident Boise or I guess our resident Boise resident is what we'll say. So let's talk a little bit of recap. Today's show is going to
1: be purely a college football look ahead for this week, tonight's NFL action. It's the tie no, Tigers. Been into baseball too much lately. It's the Lions and the Packers. Aaron Rodgers usually dominates them. Aaron Rodgers looking to bounce back. He's angry. It's not really a game that's got exciting narrative for me. couple things to look out for for fantasy football's sake, but other than that, I'm not really going to be invested in this game. I'm going to look and see what my team has to say. I'm going to see what kind of NFL conversations popping off in
0: Discord. And I'm going to go from there. I'm going to trust my guys. I'm going to trust the process. So, it was a successful week of college football for me. Ended positive. Louisiana Lafayette got us kick-started
1: nice with a 2-0 Thursday night last week. I had them on the first half spread, which they scored a touchdown with two seconds left. Ooh, sweaty. I was trying to take a nice, relaxing Epsom salt lavender bath, and I was just clenched, puckered, and sweaty in my bathtub, trying to get a win Thursday night. Nonetheless, ULL covered first half and full game. Then we rolled into Saturday. I had my Liberty Flames. I
0: love this team. I'm going to be rolling Liberty this week again against Syracuse. But
1: Liberty, Saturday, took care of Old Dominion. We were on the 26 and a half.
0: Cash. Cincinnati, minus three. Cash. Army. Ah, they gave a touchdown up with
1: like two minutes left. Not cash. Bad beat. Lost by like two points. 33-and-a-half was the spread. Army was up almost 40-nothing at half. I'm surprised UConn actually scored in this game. Nevada, the Wolfpack, Carson Strong let me down against this Big 12 Kansas State team. Kansas State's quarterback situation, I looked as a too big of a polarizing effect. They got a decent backup in Will Howard, but Skyler Thompson's their guy. I thought that, you know, him being a six-year super senior and then getting injured was going to hurt them more than a uh, help. And then Nevada just, their offense didn't come to play. All those all-conference Mountain West guys, Romeo Dobbs, whereas I like to say, Dubbs, Carson Strong, the number one quarterback on my big board. A lot of draft boards underperformed against the Big 12 defense. He had a chance. He had a chance to show out, and he didn't. The run game was non-existent for the Wolfpack. Hey, shout out to K-State, and shout out to Joe and uh, Joe Campisi, one of our guys. I believe Joe was on. We had someone, might have been Doug, at Mel's Dynasty, M-E-L-S, Dynasty on Twitter. I think Mel... Or, I'm sorry, Doug was on K-State. I know we had a guy on the team on K-State, so we had some differing opinions. It's good to get perception and
0: perspective. Caffeination. Alabama. They covered the first half spread for us, but not the full
1: game of 15 and a half. Not cash. So doing
0: some quick recap. Saturday alone, we went We went three and three.
1: And since my first half play in Alabama was only a half unit, it was 0.55 to win 0.48. So I mean, we still cleared a unit when we collected. But uh, that 1.1 to win one on the full game for Crimson Tide, 15 and a half, did not cash. So overall, we lost a smidgen of some units. I think like half, half of a unit. 500 record, 3
0: and 3. But if you take the Thursday night into effect, 5 and 3. It's a winning week. It's a winning week. So winning week of college football. We had Adam, our guy Adam Kerkart, give New England out minus five in his look-ahead spots. So we had some good, good winners. Michigan State plus six and a half from Joe, I'm sorry, from Doug. And Florida, he was on Florida plus 14.5, so he covered that. Penn State, the whiteout minus five. Me and Joe, Joe and I both were on the Alabama first half, so two separate cashers on that. We had a good college football week, NFL yesterday. The team did well. Team sh- you know, team stood out. Like I said, the Patriots, the Broncos took care of business. The Bears How many points did they beat Cincinnati by? Pull up my handy dandy notebook. The Bears played really well, considering all things.
1: Justin Fields had to come in for Andy Dalton.
0: They won by three. They covered. That's all that matters. All that matters. Doug had Buffalo minus three and a half. He cashed.
1: Rams, we had a bad beat by the hook.
0: So that stinks, but it happens from time to time. We'll get it back. We will. All right, so that's the recap. I'm going to start getting into this week's college football lookaheads.
1: Disregard Lizzie barking in the background, big old dog who likes to bark out the window. Not sure if you can hear it or not, but if you do,
0: disregard it. If you don't, disregard what I just said. So, this week in college football is going to be exciting. It's going to be big.
1: We got some really fun stuff popping off Thursday. We got a Friday night action game. Yes, 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 yes. Two of my favorite teams.
0: Thursday, then Friday. All right, so looking ahead. Looking ahead. Let me get my tally site open so that way I can make some selections while we do this.
1: I... I'm really liking this college football slate already. Thursday night we have Marshall and Appalachian State. The Mountaineers. Appalachian State. Look, Marshall, Marshall looks good. Doc Holiday left. I thought that was gonna be a huge lasting effect on them, but the fact of the matter is they return lots of experience. One thing I will point out, Marshall, not that good against the run to start the season outside the top 100. At state. And this line opened at five and a half. I've already got it at seven, seven and a half. I'm looking at this one and I'm trying to decide how I feel about the whole game, about a first half look. These are some pretty solid defenses. Lots of line yards get run or won. (laughs) Can't talk. Both teams are physical. That Chase Bryce kid for Appalachian State, the Duke transfer. I believe that's where he came from. He also played. He played at a couple schools. I think he started off at Clemson. No, that's not right. It might have been. Was it Clemson and Duke Chase Bryce played at? I'm asking y'all. I need y'all to tell me. <laughs> this, this is why I need to do live uh, Spotify Green, Green Room podcast recording. So that way, if anyone wanted to tell me, I could bring you on up to the stage. But at first glance, and as I'm digging into it a little more, And with the line movement we've seen, I'm I'm kind of getting a little scared off. I'm getting a little scared off of uh, Appalachian State a little bit, but not too much. Not too much. Marshall is the 11th ranked third down offense and conversions. Appalachian State's got to get good on defense about getting some more sacks, which is going to be hard to do against this Marshall offensive line who's got some NFL talent on there. Appalachian State's 103rd in passing yards right now. Not that good. Marshall, they're actually a top 10 team in regards to passing yardage. But look, they've played Navy, North Carolina Central, and East Carolina. That East Carolina game, They combined for 80 points. Colton Naylor's for the Pirates is a very dynamic quarterback, so they were just going back and forth, back and forth. East Carolina, not as good of a defense as App State. And we saw it. Look, these teams have a like opponent. Both of these teams this year have played East Carolina. Appalachian State was able to shut down East Carolina a little bit better. A little bit better than what Marshall was able to do. The score for the Appalachian State game with East Carolina was 33-19. That's a 52-point total. Marshall, they lost to East Carolina at home. 38-42. I think what people are going to be looking at is they're going to see that 80 points with Marshall and uh, East Carolina, they're going to think that since these two teams have played the same opponent and that 80 points was just put up, that it's just going to be a barn burner. So I think that the line movement could possibly help us out here with the total. I think it's going to go up some, it opened at 56 and a half, so it's already moved up a hook. I could see it getting up to a 57 and a half or a 58 because of the recent performance of Marshall. Look, the fact of the matter is I think that these two teams right here are going to be at the top of, or if not one of the top two top, wow, let me talk again. Top two teams in their prospective conferences. I think this defense for Marshall's got some improvements to make and they will. I think Appalachian state's got improvements to make and they will make that happen. App state's probably going to try to run the ball. They've got a decent backfield to do it with. And with Chase Bryce potentially giving up a couple turnovers, I could see that taking some points off the board. I really think, and we'll we'll do a deep dive more so on this game come game day on Thursday. Caffeination. Sorry. I take my little break. Gotta stay juiced. Gots to stay juiced. Eh, Dependent on who you ask. Rob Manfred, baseball commissioner, he, he probably won't say so. Jose Canseco, he'd probably say stay juiced. Kool-Aid man, he'd probably stay juiced. So, anyways. Marshall and App State, we got a great game Thursday. As right now, my first looks, I think App State could win this thing by double digits, a good even 10. If it drops that hook and it goes back down to a 7, I want to grab that key number, but right now I'm looking at this 7.5. Under 57 for me currently is my strongest look, my strongest play. I think those defenses are going to get right. I think the East Carolina game was deceiving. I think the offensive numbers and success that Marshall's had has been because they have beaten up on the teams that they should have. Look for App State to truly flex. Look, App State's had some uh, competition. They've played East Carolina. They played Miami. They covered against Miami, barely lost. I was rooting for them on that. It was like a plus 255 money line. So, yeah. Moving to Friday. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. I love this team. Y'all hear me talk about them a lot. I talked about them in the season preview. I did an in-depth show in the preseason, offseason, whatever you want to call it for college football, about the Liberty Flames. They dismantled Syracuse in recent history. 94% of the money. 94% of the money. I repeat, 94% of the money is on Liberty, 60% of the bet percentage. Right now it's at six. I saw six and a half last night when I was looking through these when they were released, and I was sitting there watching the Chiefs give up that lead against Baltimore. I had Chiefs minus three and a half, so that shuckled my shell a little bit. And, well, at least Lamar Jackson had a good game because I needed it. He's my QB. He made up for the lackadaisical performances of my running backs, Clyde Medwards, her lair. And I I started Leonard Fournette. I tried a little contrarian play. And look, Leonard Fournette did what he did for me. Got me like 12 points. He got some PPR looks, so can't be mad. Liberty, man. I love this team. I I don't want to. I don't want to uh, get too much into it because this is a first look slate, and I'm going to be talking about a shit ton of college football. Look, any angle you can find for Liberty, I think you got to take it. I think you do. You look at the way these teams played recently. Um. the first time these two teams played was way back in 2019. I think that was Hugh Freeze's first year when he was still getting himself settled after the whole, you know, leaving the SEC thing. Like Hugh Freeze is a great coach. He did some shitty shit off the field, but Hey, we're all human. And you know, I'm, I'm not one to talk I'll say. So we all need to, we all repent, we all forgive, we all forget. That's that's the way it needs to be. We got patience within ourselves, and we got to share that with people. So last year, Liberty throttled, throttled Syracuse 38-21. Liberty was a three-point favorite. I'm looking at a couple different things here, right? So Liberty first half by three. Gives us a good round number, a key number to maybe get some push insurance on. But look, I could see Liberty being up by seven or ten or two scores at the end of the first half. They get off to a hot start. I don't think Syracuse's run defense is going to be able to contain the combination of Josh Mack and Malik Willis. Dynamic runners. Dynamic. So many playmakers on the outside. So many good defensive players for this Liberty defense. They fly around the field. They are going to be able to take advantage of DeVito being a mm, just not good division one quarterback. It was Campbell, but you know, they handled business against the Camels 48, seven, Liberty covered against Troy. I'm really high on Troy this year. Had them this weekend to cover. Liberty beat Old Dominion 45-17 this Saturday. We were on that in the wager pass, like I said. You look at some of these pass catchers that Malik Willis gets to throw to. And look, Malik Willis put up 21 for 28, 242 and four scores, no interceptions against Old Dominion. Now, Old Dominion's Old Dominion. But look, look, Malik Willis added nine for 77 on the ground and two scores with an 8.6 average. It's ridiculous. Josh Mack, 13 for 47. He didn't get it going that much, but Malik Willis was able to. C.J. Daniels, DeMario Douglas, five catches plus each. He had four different, five different receivers with 10-plus yards average on catch. Johnny Huntley, the third, the dynamic tight end, had a low game of two for 21. I think he's going to bounce back against Syracuse. Kevin Shaw, S-H-A-A, had two scores. C.J. Daniels had two scores. This Liberty team, I love them. Tyron Dupree, Javon Scruggs on defense, Rolfs Russens, what a name. Kendi Charles, three sacks against Old Dominion. Look for him to be dynamic on the defensive line. I want to dig in a little more. We'll talk about the Troy game that they just recently played on September 11th because, look, Malik Willis, he... he I want to show you the differentials that he can offer as a college quarterback and how dynamic this kid is. Troy is going to have an undersung, underrated defense this year. That that Troy team, I'm just saying, look out for Troy this year. They've got a tough, tough daggone schedule but they're going to get some upsets. They're going to cover some spreads. They're going to make some plays. This game was 14-7 at half. Neither team scored in the third. And Liberty was able to put up a touchdown in the fourth and allowing Troy to just score six in the fourth to win 21-13. The spread on that game was five. Look, Malik Willis. He is a good passer, 13 for 18, 154 and two touchdowns. Again, no interceptions. He ran the ball 20 times for 93 yards, 4.7 yards per carry and a score. If he's not able to get it done through the air, he is going to help you out on the ground. This guy is a DFS must play in my opinion. You had TJ Green. Who can get in the mix in the backfield also, 10 for 56. Solid 5.6 per. Josh Mack's had a start to the season that he'd probably like to forget. This is a stout Troy defense, like I said. He only went 8 for 20. I'm looking for Josh Mack to have a big game against Syracuse. It's time for him to get rolling. Not to mention they got another depth piece in Cedro Sed- Lewis. Kid's dynamic. Demario Douglas again. Look, Demario Douglas, 3 for 41, 13.7 an average, one score. They got deep playability. They got folks that can stretch the field like none other. Malik Willis gets out of the pocket, and he lets that thing fly. Troy's got a solid offensive line. Very solid offensive line. And they were able to get some pressure on Troy. Their punter, Aiden Alves, four for 168. Four punts for 168 yards, 42, 42 yards on average. Whew. It was a field position game. A, an experienced quarterback, not hurting his team, figuring out how he needs to win getting it done. Malik Willis, I love this kid. Look out for him come the NFL draft. He's going to be someone that sneaks through. There's going to be someone that likes this kid. He's going to get picked up. He's from Atlanta. He wears number seven. He has a chance to throw for 2,000 at least and Rush for, I'd say, another 1,000 this year. He was really close. He hit 933 or 944 last season before getting injured or missing. He missed like one or two games, I think. Malik Willis in combination with the guys he has around him in the backfield. mm. Liberty currently second in the independents. BYU obviously having a phenomenal year to get started, picking up some crazy big wins already. BYU beating Utah BYU beating Arizona State, making the Pac-12 look like a chum bucket. Liberty. Liberty, liberty, liberty. You only pay for what you need. <laughs> that was stupid. I'm sorry. Um, okay. I'm going to talk about things that interest and piqued my curiosity and my eyeballs from the get-go, when I looked through the lines last night, we're going to have some more deep dives, obviously, throughout the week, but we are going to be looking at these games first and foremost. Then I'm going to go ahead and just kind of converse, uh, you know, throughout the rest of the sk- schedule and the slate for college football. We'll, we'll talk all, all things. I'm, I need to pick the pace up a little bit, though. I wanted to get those two standalone games on Thursday, Friday talked about. I think that's going to be a – sorry, caffeination – uh, that's going to be a great way for us to start our week. We got two awesome games to look at first. Coastal Carolina, the Chanticleers, the Tealcocks, taking on the UMass Minutemen. i tell you, Minutemen, I always think of... uh, Wasn't it a Missy Elliott song? He's a Minuteman. Or... All right, here. We're going to get some pop culture deep dive here. Here, let's figure this out together. One minute, man. It was Ludacris and Missy Elliott. That's right. One minute, man. Um, you don't want to be a minute, man, if you know what I mean. And unfortunately, that's what UMass is. They usually play like one good minute of football per game. 67 is the total. Look, I would not be shocked if this was a 55-10 to game. I think Coastal Carolina's defense is going to be able to destroy UMass. Coastal Carolina's defense is kind of not performed up to standard. You know, I've been shocked on how you know, not good. They've been playing, honestly. This is a game that we're going to be able to see them get kind of back into rhythm. They did not cover for us this weekend. It was an 11 point spread. Uh, You know, I didn't put it in the wager pass, but it was a personal play of mine. I'm high on the Chanticleers. I love them going back to last year. I am a huge Coastal Carolina fan. I believe in this program. I think that the Uh, head coach is going to be getting a big old job unless he stays. And I think he just needs to stay in coastal Carolina because realignment's going to happen and that's going to allow doors to open for the program itself. Jamie Chadwell is a phenomenal coach. Their defense has got to get right. 97% of the money is on them to cover the 36 point spread. Look, giant spread, 40 to nothing. I would be not shocked to see, you know, that be the case at the final buzzer or what is this basketball? What the hell am I talking about? Final whistle. When the pumpkin turns back to a frog, uh, when midnight strikes, I, whatever you're saying is, I, you know, UMass is just terrible. But look, They're not going to be able to score the ball. Coastal Carolina's got a good defense that's underperformed. Coastal Carolina loves to run the ball with their quarterback, Grayson McCall, with their guys in the backfield. They got two or three different running backs that can get it done. I think running the ball is going to be prevalent for Coastal Carolina. Buffalo. Look, I'm learning some stuff about Buffalo. They covered the spread against Coastal. They only, Coastal only won by three. They had to go on the road up to Buffalo as a 17th ranked team, and they got every bit of Buffalo that they could handle. That's for damn sure. I do really like the poise and the presence of Grayson McCall. Look, he went 13 for 19 for 232, three scores and an interception against Buffalo. Buffalo, like I said, they are. Keep your eyes on Buffalo. Lance Leopold might have went to KU. They might have lost some guys, but they're filling in nicely from last year. Shamari Jones, Reese White, Braden Bennett, twenty-nine carries between the three running backs. You add eleven from Grayson McCall. Forty carries on the ground. That's a lot of co- uh, clock sucking. Havan uh, or Javon Javon. Sorry, I'm trying Javon Halai. The guy on the outside, big-time receiver for Grayson McCall, four for 91, 22.8 average, and a score against Buffalo. Cameron Brown, they got all Isaiah Likely. Look, they got some guys that can do it. They do. Silas Cowley, obviously the leader on that uh, defense. He had nine solo, one assisted last uh, game. Teddy Gallagher, huge guy for them. Five solo, five assisted all over the place. Look, Coastal Carolina got zero sacks against Buffalo. Look for that to change against UMass. They might get five plus. I love Shamari Jones and Reese White in the backfield with Grayson McCall. Look, Shamari Jones, 16 carries, 149, 9.3 average, and a score against Buffalo. Look for Shamari Jones to have a big game. 97% of the money and 80% of the bet percentage on Coastal Carolina to cover that 36-point spread. Look, 37-0, 40-0, 40-10, 45-10, somewhere in that ballpark, I think, is what's going to happen. So with that being said, under 67, that is just way too much, way too much. I just don't think UMass is going to be able to do anything. Coastal Carolina, they're going to run clock off, I believe. Now, San Jose State could barely muster anything up against Hawaii's defense. Now, Todd Graham is a great defensive coach, but over this last weekend, Nate, or is it Nick, Nick Starkle, he underperformed, and Nick Starkle was the powerhouse and the mitochondria of this offense last year. Western Mission, Michigan, their only loss on the year against Michigan. I think Western Michigan is going to be a team to look out for in the MAC. I think their defense is underrated. They are a three-point home favorite. Close line. Very close line. Then, San Jose State getting points. But playing at Kalamazoo is always difficult always tough to do third down conversions for san jose state they are the number one team in the country 60th and first downs look western michigan's defense they played some tough teams they went and played michigan they had to play Pitt, who they just beat and they were 14 and a half point underdogs. They went on the road to beat an ACC school in Pitt, and I'm high on Pitt this year. Pitt's got to figure some stuff out on defense. And then, look, they blanked Illinois State, who is a phenomenal FCS team, the Redbirds, James Robinson's alumnus. Which he's on my fantasy team, and I don't really want to talk about it. But, look, he was a 13th-round keeper from last year because I got him off waivers. So, I mean, look – You're going to not take a team starting running back in the 13th round? Like, come on. And he got more than five carries this week. Thank you, Urban Meyer. Chomp. 28-0 against Illinois State. Crazy. You know, Illinois State is a solid FCS team. Two unders, one over for this year. I blame the over on Pitt, allowing Western Michigan to score 44. Look, this is a very close line. I'm looking at the under. Western Michigan's defense, their ratings are not that great. I mean, they've gone against Michigan and Pitt in two of their non-con games. Big 10, ACC. And then a one of the top FCS schools, Illinois state will more than likely be in the FCS playoffs. Caffeinate, you know, don't hold that against me because the FCS is not my area of expertise, but Illinois state, they're a good team. Solid, very solid. I feel that. San Jose State's defense is good. You know, from last year, look at what they did last year, and they're getting almost all those guys back. Lots of green numbers for their defense. Green is good. They're top 20 in defense for red zone efficiency, top 40 for third down conversions as a defense, allowing their team, their opponents, to not get too many of them. They don't get a lot of sacks. They don't get a lot of turnovers. They're top 30 in yards per play, top 30 in passing yards allowed, 60th in rushing yards. Western Michigan, San Jose State, under 63 is where I'm looking. I think this is just going to be a very, very fun game. It's a it's it's just a really neat matchup, honestly. All right. Florida State, how terrible are they? How terrible are they? I'll answer that question. Very terrible. McKenzie Milton starting now. Uh, look, McKenzie Milton is, is good and all, like, but this team is. Mm, I'm trying to figure out how to be nice here. And this is a podcast. So it's not like if I don't have anything nice to say and keep it to myself, I can't do that because, like, the point of a podcast is to talk. But, but Florida State's just bad. Louisville, Louisville, look, hey, I was on UCF. I was on UCF. I think this Louisville team and Mr. Sutterfield over there. I think they're starting to get some things pieced together. 75% of the bet percentage on Louisville, 97% of the money. That's good for a 22% increase. Look, they started their year against Ole Miss. They looked like ass. But that game was like a five-hour game. There's a flag every other freaking play. There was no continuity, no consistency, no you know rhythm, no pattern. Their game flow was disrupted over and over and over. They did allow UCFs to score 35 points, but they were a seven and a half point favorite, and they won. They put up 42 points up against UCF, 42-35. They went ahead and handled Eastern Kentucky, who's a good uh, FCS team, 30 to three. And I was actually on the plus 30, plus 30 and a half, depending on where you shopped on the Eastern Kentucky team. So it's you know, to me, that was just a huge spread. And then coming off that beating against an SCS or uh, SCC school of Ole Miss. Look, Ole Miss is looking good. Ole Miss looking good. Um, Matt Corral at quarterback. That kid is dynamic. Kids dynamic. Look, let's just run through some uh, Florida State offensive numbers. I mean, it is. They're 104th in red zone efficiency, 77th in first downs, 120th in sacks allowed. Look for Louisville to get home. 91st in passing yards. They are 19th in rushing yards, so they may be able to move the ball on the ground against Louisville, but Louisville's top 70 against the rush, and they've gone against an SEC school. They've gone against UCF, who has a dynamic running back in Bowser. What is it, Tyus Tyus Bowser? I think it's Ty Bowser something like that. This Florida State offense, 111th in turnovers. So these three numbers alone, red zone efficiency, 104th, sacks allowed, 120th, turnovers, 111. Those three numbers alone are making me just want to jump all over Louisville. Louisville's got a good kicker. He's got some nice leg. Mm, nice legs. Uh, Two and a half, really under under a key number of three. Florida State's terrible. I know it's at Tallahassee. It's at home. This is an ACC uh, opener for Louisville. Florida State lost. Look, Florida State lost to Jacksonville State twenty to seventeen as a twenty eight point favorite at home, which. I called for Jacksonville State to win that game. Just saying. They were four and a half point underdogs against Wake Forest. What'd they do? They lost by 21. And of course, the Notre Dame game, 41-38. I can't say much about that one because I was on minus seven and a half for Notre Dame in our free play on that day, and I failed. So Florida State. Based off of who they've faced and based off who Louisville's faced and how these teams have played, it's not close. I mean, look, damn good FCS team in Jacksonville State. Notre Dame, I think we're about to see them get exposed. They've played pretty shitty already this year, and uh, they're about to hit a wall in their schedule. That Notre Dame upcoming schedule, boy, they Wake Forest, they're doing some good shit this year. Wake Forest, yeah, so look out for that. Uh, This is Louisville's ACC opener. Obviously, with Wake Forest beating Florida State, they've already got a loss on the ACC column. Two and a half, really? This has got to move up to, like, I would say five. Louisville by a touchdown. Louisville by a touchdown. Three-plus sacks as a team, I would say. Iowa, baby. Iowa's looking damn good. Coach Adazio over at Colorado State has no idea what the hell he's doing. Uh, Iowa, they just are looking so good. That defense of Colorado State's going to struggle against this ground game. Going to struggle. 82% of the bet percentage. 95% of the money. Follow the money, y'all. Follow the money. Colorado State was able to look. They were 14 and a half point underdogs against a Mac school in Toledo. Holy Toledo! They won 22 to six. Okay, cool. Like you shut down a really good Mac quarterback and crumb. I think it's Dustin Crumb. I want to say it might don't. Mm. Ooh, my memory sucks. But look, they lost to San Diego State as two and a half point favorites. They lost to Vanderbilt as six-and-a-half-point favorites. Both of those losses at home. 22-and-a-half. Hell, yeah. I mean, this defense is Swiss cheese. Iowa. Iowa. Mr. Ferentz. Fahrenheit. He's hot. Kirk Fahrenheit's. Or you know what I'm trying to do. I suck at wordplay sometimes, but you get the drift. Speaking of handling Mac schools, they just beat Kent State, who the Golden Flashes are probably going to have one of the top offenses in the Mac once they get into conference play. They're no joke. They won 30 to 7. Iowa did at home, 22 and a half point favorites. They beat Iowa State 27 17. By four, or uh, I'm sorry, by ten, being four point underdogs at Iowa State, they started the year whooping Indiana, thirty four to six. The level of competition is not even there. Kirk Ferentz has got this team rolling. It's already moved up to twenty three in some spots. I'd play this up to twenty four. Rutgers, Michigan, Wolverines at home, Rutgers on the road, Rutgers 3-0, and Michigan 3-0. and Kenny Bell, main receiver for Michigan, all-star for them, out for the year. And I think what we're seeing is that it's taking a heavy toll on this offense Look at Michigan's schedule. Look, Northern Illinois, they're pretty bad. They lost 63-10 to against Michigan. Michigan handles the MAC. They also handled Washington 31-10. They've covered every spread so far this year, Michigan has. 63-10 against the Huskies of NIU. Look, they covered the total by themselves. That's a bit of an anomaly. Rutgers they struggle to move the ball they struggle to move the ball Greg Schiano brings a pro style approach he's gonna try to grind that game out he's gonna try to do that this is an 18 and a half point spread it's gone up to 19 in some spots without Kenny Bell what I'm thinking is Like This Michigan identity is a little different now. A lot more reliant on the ground. We got possible light rain. We got almost 10-mile-per-hour wind projected. Now, weather changes. It's going to be 60 degrees as of right now is what it's looking like. So, I expect heavy ground control. Ground control to major I Never mind. I tried. I couldn't come up with one that was clever. Ground control. They're calling this game. 51 and a half. I think 50 is the magic number. I don't think it goes over 50. Michigan's offense did put up 63 their last game, though. 31 against Washington. They've scored at least 30 points in all three games. I mean, this is uh I might be playing with fire here, but I think Michigan's defense is good enough. And this is a Big Ten opener for both teams. Or let's see, let me make sure I'm correct in that statement. Yes. Okay. Look, Rutgers only scored 17 points against Syracuse. Syracuse ain't that great defensively. I think that this is a good old-fashioned Big Ten game, and we're going to see an under. Illinois and Purdue. Speaking of another Big Ten, man, I'm talking about a lot of Big Ten. I don't really like the Big Ten, so it's funny that I'm talking about it so much today. Uh, Illinois. Illinois. Three out of their four games have gone under. Their inability to score the ball is a big reason for that. Purdue's got a solid offense. All of Purdue's games this year have gone under. Of course, they beat UConn 49-0 a couple weeks ago. On the 18th this Saturday, they lost to Notre Dame 27-13. I mean, you held Notre Dame to under 30 points. Oregon State, they beat them 30-21, to covering that seven-point spread. But Purdue's defense is going to be underrated. And I think they're the reason why this t- this thing's going to be able to go under. But that's not where I'm looking. Purdue with that defense in combination with terrible quarterbacking play, lots of turnovers by Illinois. I think what we're going to see is Purdue be able to get things done. They got to clean it up in the red zone. Illinois, if they get in the red zone, they're usually able to punch it in. You know, Brent Bellema, he's going to run it, run it, run it. Purdue, minus 11 currently. That's my first look at it. I think that that's a decent spot. UAB, Tulane, 56.5 is the total. Tulane at home, they like to run the ball. They're physical, UAB. They got a great ground game. This is going to be a really fun game. Whoever stops the run is going to be able to have more success but you look at UAB's defense, right? And these rankings are by, you know, look, they, they lost to Georgia like 59 nothing or something like that, right? Like, it was bad. But look, even so, the only two red numbers they have are sacks and turnovers. Sacks, they're 77th in the country, so top 100, top 80. Turnovers generated their 95th, so they need to get that in check. Red zone efficiency on defense, second in the country. First downs, third in the country. Top 10 in third down conversions, passing yards, 11th ranked. And that was after Stetson Bennett and the Georgia defense or Georgia offense just chomped them up. They're, top, they're ninth in yards per play as a defense. They're sixth in points allowed, and that was given up 59 against Georgia or whatever it was. 26th in rushing yards allowed. All these numbers are green. These are green numbers on UAB's defense. I'm a firm believer in this Blazers team. I did a preview with them with Evan Dudley. The beat writer for the Blazers writes for AL.com. That is the state abbreviation of Alabama for those of you who are not familiar. 56-7 was the result in that Georgia game. You remember that Jacksonville State team that beat Florida State? Well, UAB beat them 31-0. 40-6 is what they did to North Texas this last weekend. Tulane is a tough, tough team. They've had to play OU, and they've had to play Ole Miss. They covered the spread against Oklahoma, almost beat the Sooners. Then they went and hung 69 on Morgan State, and Ole Miss, well, they got 61 hung on them. All these games have gone over so far for Tulane, but they haven't matched up with a team that likes to just punch people in the mouth and the teeth like uh, UAB does. I think both teams are going to look to establish ground control and physicality. I think we're seeing a high number because of the results of games that have gone against some serious competition for these two teams, allowing Georgia to almost score 60, Tulane allowing 61 to Ole Miss, that crazy game against OU. I'm looking for this game to be a good, hard-fought game. It's a four-point spread, so it's a pretty close line, less than a touchdown. Under 56 and a half is my look for this game. All right, those are the ones I am most excited for. The ones that on the surface I was able to just pull up, pull out. I've got some other things to look at here. Friday night, we got a couple other games. Got three other games on Friday night. Friday night's going to be a nice slate. Well, I say that, but like we we got some college football to watch. I'm not excited about the lines on this other on these other games. Middle Tennessee State, Charlotte. I really just can't figure these two teams out, so I'm not really feeling the game. Charlotte. My inclination is they cover that two and a half. It opened at three. Folks taking the key number for Middle Tennessee State. Charlotte at home. I definitely think they win, and they're going to win by more than three. Be my guess. This is a lean. This is a hold. This is me just observe observing. Probably the weirdest way I've said that word. I'm observing. 56.5 again. That total, it's come down from 57.5 for Middle Tennessee State and Charlotte. Here's an ACC battle. Wake Forest and Virginia. Wake Forest just got Brazilian waxed and they lost their butthole on that one. They they got waxed, and then you know their small intestines kind of just came out with the hair. North Carolina, they put up some points, almost 60. I think they ended at 59 against Virginia. I was shocked. I was on Virginia plus nine, and it was a close game. It was a close game, and then all of a sudden, it was like, holy shit. Wake Forest... I'm look hey I missed on Virginia last week. Wake Forest is overperforming right now. I don't know who comes back to what home or what earth who overperforms underperforms in this game but something weird's going to happen I'd say. It's a small line at 4 but I think whoever wins wins by at least 10. It's n- probably not going to be a close game and I don't know what side is going to pull away. 70-and-a-half is where this thing opened. It's down to 67-and-a-half. So, with that being said, the market on the totals coming down, it's a tight line. Virginia struggled to score late against a crap UNC defense. So, I'm leaving this one alone. UNLV, I think they've been a 30-plus point underdog every game so far this year. Fresno State, they're ranked. They just took out UCLA. I was on the 11-and-a-half, didn't have the balls or the stones to roll out the full game, money line on them. I'm sorry, UNLV was only – a. The UNLV was a one and a half point dog against Eastern Washington. How could I forget that? Because we were on the Eastern Washington money line. But Fresno, look at the competition that Fresno's played. Look, they blanked Connecticut 45-0. Oregon, they only lost by a touchdown. And that game, that that, that was deceptive. And They had some turnovers in the red zone. They missed a field goal. Like, they should have won by, like, eight against Oregon. They waxed Cal Poly 63-10. That's that's not relevant. And then they beat UCLA 40-37 as an underdog of 11 points. When they face lesser competition, I believe Fresno State's defense is definitely going to be a bit more highlighted. They have a great defense. Once they get into conference play, I think you're going to see that swell up a little more. UNLV cannot move the ball. They are one of the more inefficient teams in all of college football, 31 and a half points. I'm not looking at taking the spread. I might look at Fresno State's team total. I might look at a first half spread. But as of right now, my eyes are popping at under 58 and a half because I think this could just be like a 45-7 game, a 40-10 game, 35, 14. Like, you know, it's UNLV is gonna struggle to score. Texas Tech, Texas 9 is the spread right now. 10 and a half is where it opened. Texas Tech, the road dog. I've been sucking with Texas this year. So look. I'm going to go and leave this one off, and plus I need to speed up a little bit. Mizzou, Boston College. Uh, that quarterback situation at Boston College has given me a bit of pause. No, thank you. Notre Dame, Wisconsin, top 20 matchup. Notre Dame, woo wee They got to take on Wisconsin, and then next week they play Cincinnati. That's going to be a rough one. This is a rough stretch of schedule for Notre Dame. They have to go to Wisconsin. Wisconsin is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. This opened as a pick in some spots. I think Notre Dame has been exposed. I think Wisconsin's going to be able to expose them more. This is a revenge game for Jack Cohen, the graduate transfer from Notre Dame, playing quarterback for Wisconsin. A whole pack of badges. No true opinion. Great college football game for a nice noon kickoff on eastern boise state against utah state utah state three 0 they're getting nine and a half points at home against boise give me that and lock it up baby lock it up like a convicted felon smu tcu the iron bowl isn't that what this is called their rivalry game um I don't think I've touched any TCU games this year. I've not done like a deep dive or anything on this team. I'm not going to front and act like I know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the horny frogs. But SMU last week had that Hail Mary win last second against Louisiana Tech. They allowed a shit ton of points. Their defense is kind of not that good. TCU, though, very physical. Their defense is pretty good. SMU, Louisiana Tech. They combine for a shit ton of points, like almost 80 of them. This is a rivalry game. The game total is set at 64 and a half. I've got a first look and a hold and a lean on under 64 and a half. I could see this being like a 2017 game a you know, a 30, 10 game. Like TCU is probably going to dominate this game. They have too much size on both lines. They've got a lot more physicality. Gary Patterson is one of the under more underrated coaches in all of college football. He's one of the most longest tenured coaches in all of college football at the same school. Look for him to be comfortable and familiar with this SMU team. He's going to probably get his guys nice and ready. Georgia, Vanderbilt, pass. I'm going to go a little lightning right now. LSU, Mississippi State, pass. Miami of Ohio, Army, pass. I would like to go Army, eight and a half, but look, Every time I bet on Army, uh, they kick me in the nuts. Uh, it was a f- – it wasn't <laughs> – well, okay. I was in the Army, and just because I'm in the Army sometimes – or I was in the Army, I like to support the football team. Uh, it's not really worked out for me as a better. So I'm going to lay off this. Miami of Ohio has got a – they got a chance to have a pretty stout defense in the MAC. But Army's looked damn good, and they just gave up that slight, slight – they didn't even get backdoor covered. Yukon crept through the cat hole, the cat flap. Like, they forgot to put the plastic shield in front of the cat flap so no raccoons get in. That backdoor cover, it, it shouldn't have happened, but it did, and we lost. So I'm going to lay off Army. Bowling Green State, Minnesota. Look, I don't know what Minnesota is after losing Abraham – Bowling Green State, one of the worst college football teams in all of football. I'm passing. Florida International, Central Michigan. I was trying to support Central Michigan last week on tally site against LSU. They were getting 19 and a half. I thought it was going to work out. It didn't. Jim McElwain, he will probably bounce back here. FIU, you know, they, they played last week against Texas Tech. They struggled. I don't know what to make of this one. This is a really weird conference USA MAC matchup. Ohio Northwestern. Ooh, Northwesterns looked like dog shit. Ohio, since Frank Solich had to leave with health issues, look, and that we talked about it with the Ragin' Cajuns picks last week. They're not that good. They they. They they shot themselves in multiple feet last last uh last week. Texas State, Eastern Michigan, six and a half's the spread currently. Not really feeling this one. Toledo and ball state. We got some action. This is a good old matchup here. Toledo, ball state. Toledo, the road favorite. I just This is a a weird one. I want to dig into it a little more. It's come up from three to four and a half. Toledo, I would say, up to six. Get that key number. I need to dig into this. I want to check some injury reports. Clemson, NC State. NC State down a couple of defensive starters. Initially, I was looking at that plus 10 because it's double digits and Clemson's looked like ass. But NC State. They had a pretty bad performance this last week, and I think it was in part by doing part by them being down some defensive talent. UTSA it opened at plus four and a half against Memphis. They're on the road, the road runners. It's three and a half now. My first inclination: give me the road runners because I am very high on them this year. Memphis, they are coming off that emotional road or that emotional win against an SEC school. I think they're gonna not perform as much and not prepare as much as they need to against UTSA. I think UTSA actually wins this game outright, so of course I'm taking the 3.5. Kent State and Maryland. I haven't touched Maryland at all this year. I'm going to go ahead and just stay that way. Wyoming and UConn, Wyoming, 3-0 and this year. Getting off to a good start. 29.5-point road favorites. UConn is terrible. They're husky shit. They're dog shit. But I missed on Army last week against them. Wyoming, I might be looking at a first-half bet. UConn was down pretty much 40-0 at half against UConn. Wyoming might look at their team total also. We'll dig into that later in the week, obviously. Texas A&M, Arkansas. Arkansas with the number one hardest schedule in all of college football. Undefeated, 3-0. Number 16 in the country. Are you kidding me? Now they get to play number seven, Texas AM, who I think is faulty. They get to play them in Lafayette at home. Isn't that where Arkansas is at? Lafayette? Or no, Fayette. No, wait, 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 wait. Where is it? Where is Arkansas? I think it's like Fayetteville, right? Uh. Anyways. Anyways, King Haynes, I believe, is uh, the quarterback for Texas A&M. He's still out. Check that injury report. Make sure he's not coming back or whatever. This opened at 7.5. Arkansas is a home dog. It's dropped to 5.5. Arkansas has faced some stout competition. They've gone up against some incredible non-con teams, and they've performed. Rice. They covered a 19 and a half point spread. Now they did struggle early. They did struggle, but then they turned around and performed against Texas, beating them 40 to 21. They controlled the game against Georgia Southern, 45 to 10. I think this is going to be a nice defensive battle. Arkansas, Texas AM. They got some really good defense, uh defensive schemes in place. Give me the home dog. Five and a half against the underperforming A&M team. I think they catch them sleeping. Arkansas probably wins this game, in my opinion. Iowa State, Baylor, Skip, KU, Duke, primetime matchup, baby, game of the week. Oh, wait, no, this is college football, not college basketball. Oh, okay. Uh, 15 and a half is what KU's getting on the road against a terrible Duke team. Mm. Can you say, o? Ew. Auburn against Georgia State. I am going to pass on that also. UCLA going on the road against Stanford. I think UCLA loses two in a row right here. Stanford made that switch to McKee at quarterback, and he has been the key to their recent successes. Stanford plus six at home. How about them raging Cajuns? 13 and a half on the road going up against Georgia Southern. ULL, give me... U-L-L. I love the Raging Cajuns. I will play this under the key number of 14, 13 and a half is a good settle in spot for me. Let's make it happen. Buffalo. Same thing. Minus 13 and, on a, uh, 13 and a half on the road against old dominion, the Monarchs. They are one of the teams that did not play any college football last year. And the teams that did not play any college football last year are looking like hammered dog poop Buffalo under 14. I would take it. I would even play it up to that fourteen key number, the two touchdown scores uh, score game. Buffalo playing really well, performing really well, just hung in there with Coastal Carolina. I think Buffalo gets it done. I might shrink it down to a first half play. I think that their defense is going to be able to control Old Dominion. You can you can definitely get some value on Buffalo here. I believe. Kentucky, South Carolina, five and a half point spread. Kentucky on the road, South Carolina, eh, I don't know. SEC's not my forte. Navy and Houston. Navy, oh my God, they're terrible. Houston, I hate backing Dana Holgerson. I don't know how to back Dana Holgerson. So, I'm going to move on to Nebraska and Michigan State. Michigan State, 3-0, number 20. Midnight Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker has got this team humming. Humming. Dynamic quarterback. I'm sorry, dynamic running back for Michigan State. Just running all over everyone. They are five-point home favorites. The fact of the matter is, Nebraska is so wonky. They are so inconsistent. It's hard for me to settle anywhere here. So I am going to hold this one. I believe it's going to swell up so it you know, I wish I had enough confidence to grab this right now at five because I think it's going to go up. Michigan State playing really well. Nebraska struggles against the run; they've been they've gotten beat up. Eighty-four percent of the bets and ninety-eight percent of the money is on Michigan State. That is very telling. That might make me jump on it just by myself uh, with that alone. Rushing yards allowed, Nebraska's defense number 91 in the country. You look at Michigan State's offense, they are ninth in the country, 12th in yards per play. Michigan State's offense playing really well currently. Just whooped Miami 38-17. They handled Northwestern 38-21. Those games, they were an underdog in both of them and just demolished them outright. And of course, their game against Youngstown State, you know, it is what it is. We actually were on them minus 20 and a half to cover that. So Tennessee, Florida, Tennessee's quarterback situation's garbage. Florida's quarterback situation's full of injuries. And this game opened at plus 14 and a half, swelled overnight to minus 20 and a half. Whew. Boy, ve. North Texas, Louisiana Tech, two teams that give up a shit ton of points. Louisiana Tech's offense is great, but their defense, not so much. North Texas, I believe, will be able to actually score 20 points for the first time this season against Louisiana Tech. Look for over 64 to be in play for me. Louisiana Tech and overs is going to be a common theme this year, I will say. West Virginia, OU, this is going to be an opening game for Big 12 play. West Virginia catching 16 and a half. It was 19 and a half last night. Lots of stuff coming in. Oklahoma really underperformed against Nebraska. I don't know what to make of it. They are the fourth-ranked team, but look, they underperformed against Tulane. They beat uh, Western Carolina. Then they struggled against Nebraska. Nebraska, not that great. North Carolina, Georgia Tech. uh, Georgia Tech at home. Mm, it opened at 13. It's come down to 12 and a half. A part of me really wants to take Georgia Tech because they're getting 12 and a half at home. But with what North Carolina did against Virginia that I was not expecting to happen last week, I've got some pause. I definitely got some pause. Ohio State minus 49 against Akron. Are you shitting me? That's a big number. Southern Mississippi. Frank Gore Jr., the running back for Southern Miss going against number one, Bama 44 and a half. Mm, 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 mm. I think I'm a one in two, one in two this year so far for Alabama ATS. Uh, I'm going to back off. Let me back off a little bit. Troy and ULM. We got a nice round 50 for the total. Look, Troy's offense they're going to pick it up eventually. But ULM, terrible on offense. They're not going to be able to get it done against Troy. I'm not looking at 23 and a half on the spread for Troy as a road favorite. I will look at under 50. Florida Atlantic against Air Force. Florida Atlantic interests me. They played Florida pretty well. And I'm looking for Air Force as a service academy at home. Under seven, it's at a six number, a key number. You know, the triple option scares me in this. Service academies, I'm just a little gun shy usually. But, you know, it is what it is. Western Kentucky at home getting nine and a half. Uh, I think they can beat Indiana. Indiana is not what they were hyped up to be at the beginning of the year. Western Kentucky, a bit better on defense than what we were expecting them to be. Western Kentucky had that tough fought game with Army. Now they get to stay at home. They've got Bailey Zappi and all those weapons on offense. I don't think Indiana is going to be able to do anything. I don't think they're going to be able to stop them. I mean, it is a Big 10 school. They are Big 10 recruits. They are a Big 10 defense, but come on. Hawaii minus 16 and a half on the road against North uh, New Mexico State. New Mexico State's not good. They are terrible. But 16 and a half at home, it's come down from 17 and a half. No true opinion. UTEP and New Mexico, thin razor thin line of one and a half. The Lobos on the road going to El Paso to face the miners. They're getting the one and a half. This is such a close line. I don't know what to make of it. North Mexico North Mexico. <laughs> New Mexico. They uh they move the ball. They can move the ball. Cal, Washington. Cal's getting seven and a half on the road. Washington, way to shit the bed to start the season. Lose to an FCS school. Lose to Michigan in an embarrassing fashion. Now they got to play Cal. Cal's got a solid defense. It was eight. It's seven and a half now. I'm going to take the seven and a half on the Golden Bears because I believe in their defense. Washington's got some issues they need to wrinkle out, and they are not looking good. Give me Cal on the road. I'm going to go ahead and back them, and I want to stay above the key number of seven. Play this down to seven. USC, the firing of Helton. It didn't really affect them against Washington State. They blew them out. Now they play Oregon State. They're 13-point home favorites. Under two scores, we got a nice key number of 13. It's under that 14. Look for that to probably happen. I mean, I'm not pulling the trigger right now. 63 is the total. That's crazy. It's up from 60 and a half. So lots of money coming in on that. If it reaches like 64, I will probably take the under and come back the other way. BYU, 15th ranked Cougars. They're getting to host one of the worst FBS teams in the South Florida Bulls. 22, or I'm sorry, 23 and a half point favorites at home. Look for them to handle business. Arizona, Oregon, Arizona, 0-3 on the year. They just lost to Northern Arizona. 28-point favorites. Oregon is the number three team. They beat uh, Ohio State. 58 58.5 is the total. Look, I'd maybe look at Oregon first half. 28 is a large number. Arizona They've got some things in place on defense. They got some really talented guys. They got a decent couple of linebackers. Their defensive line returns some guys. Their secondary's got to get better. The run defense is what's going to do them in. And I think Verdell's going to have a huge game for Oregon. He might hit 200 yards. Then Colorado, Arizona State for the last one. Let's end it in an anticlimactic fashion. Like a couple of college students that are too drunk to finish business, if you know what I mean. Pass. Anticlimatic. Anticlimatic. All right. I'm exasperated. I'm out of breath. I'm dehydrated. I talked a lot. I'm a little winded. But those are the first looks. First looks looking good. This is a really awesome college slate. I think we have a lot to look at, but we also have a lot to also say and establish that we're good on. Like we don't need to play it. We don't need to play everything. We've got some really bold, highlighted games that we can take advantage of and cash in on. So to recap my favorites out of all that, I love Liberty. Liberty. I love Utah State plus nine and a half. I love Louisville minus two and a half. I think that is just, uh, I don't know about that. That Looking at it more, I'm getting a little fish feeling. Coastal Carolina, UMass under 67. Those are like probably my top-notch favorites there. Uh, Stanford plus six against UCLA. Look, UCLA's got a dynamic running game in Charbonnet there and throw in Dorian Thompson-Robinson. But the thing is, Stanford, uh, look out for their defense to come ready to play. They're probably going to start catching tread soon. Stanford, they're my underdog pick to represent their division in the Pac-12 conference game. And I think this game against UCLA is huge. I think they, they can actually win it. And I think that we are going to see a phenomenal showing from McKee. Uh, he's got to do what he's got to do. Like he's going to have to get it done. No excuses. So, all right, let me go ahead and back off and taper off. Let me go and wrap this show up. Let me put a bow on it. I am going to send you all of my good vibes and all of my good energies. As always, I uh, wish for you to have a wonderful, positive day. Be safe and be kind, be patient, help someone out there. If you can do something nice, be positive for someone. If you need something kind or good or something fulfilling to happen in your day today, I hope it happens for you. It will happen, I am sure. With that being said, this, again, I want to remind you is a hoop-ball.com presentation. Again, I am at D-A-L-E-007 on Twitter. I am your host, Devin Ellington. If you're a new listener, I hope you enjoyed yourselves. I hope you get to wipe the feet on the mat and come back tomorrow. Love to have you in. Let's uh, enjoy some charcuterie. Let's uh, you know talk over some coffee. You know, let me be a warm house uh, welcomer for you. Come on in, hang out, join the family. Got lots of members that you can meet today in sports betting is out.